We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? 14,605. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's JIC277. I am your host, Nate, and joining me today, the final order of podcasting co-hosts. <laughs> oh, man, it gets me every week. It gets me. <laughs> Welcome back yet again, the pod god, Tyler. I am, uh, I am a thousand generations of Sith. That's a Sithy day. Yeah. I mean, I like when I was a kid, you know, I always thought like, man, the Jedi's are so cool. They got these they got the green and the blue and fucking Mace Windu's got a purple lightsaber. That guy that I heard that guy say motherfucker a bunch, you know. Obviously not in the movie, but in, in pretty much every other movie. Um Totally. And like the 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 more I become the more I come into my own as an adult, like obviously I love I love everything that is and can be uh, associated with Mandalorians and just like bounty hunters and the criminal underworld of Star Wars, like that that is my shit. But if I gotta get involved in some in some force discussion, uh, I'm I'm leaning towards the dark side all day, baby. Interesting. So. <clears throat> I actually recently did a little bit of research because I was naive, man. Like, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I don't necessarily know all the lore and know all the backstories and shit and understand everything. So I went on the quest to understand this very, very questioning fact that I asked you. In the entirety of the final sequel trilogy... We never had a green lightsaber. And I was like, you know, what does that even, what's a green lightsaber even mean? So I went and looked at what blue lightsaber mean, what green lightsaber mean, what yellow lightsaber means and all this. Mm-hmm. And what I found actually st- st- impressed and stunned me all at once because I learned blue sabers are reserved for Jedi guardians. Mm-hmm. They're essentially warriors. 
They're trying to learn the fighting style of the Jedi. That is their prime directive. Correct. The green is for the consulars, who are obviously the wise, wisdomy style Jedi trying to tap into a deeper part of the Force they're your, beyond just fighting. Yep, they're your Qui-Gon Jinns where they're trying to explore and expand the mysteries of, for, of the Force, but they're also, they're your faces. They're the people that you want interacting with with the populace. I mean, yeah, exactly, because they're like, they're friendly, man, and mm-hmm. they're nice. They have a way about them. And then I learned that the gold saber that we got at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, sorry. I don't know how you can't have seen that movie at this point, but whatever. Um, is actually reserved for Jedis who are kind of blending the two. Mm-hmm. So an interesting thing that I wanted to bring to your attention is like, we never see a green saber Except for Leia has a training saber with Luke, or Luke has one in that moment. Luke's got the green saber. Luke's got the green. Right, 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 right. That makes more sense. And, okay, so that's the only time we technically see it is in a past character who we already know has that color. Mm -hmm. So there's no more Yoda. Obviously, there's no more Qui-Gon. There's no more high-level, high-intelligence Jedi except for Luke. Well, Mm -hmm. not anymore because of Last Jedi. Correct. So I guess my weird question is, Ray choosing to take on the consular thing, but have never having never really wielded a green saber, like, is that ethically the way to do it, or or does I, I you know more about this than I do, so I'm trying to kind of just like understand her if you were to. If you were to estimate what her thoughts were to do this, well, to go gold, depe- as it were, depending on, like, if you, if you look at like the, let's just say the media or, or the material from the last five to ten years, video games, books, you know, yada yada, whatever, what they have. The way that they have it written now is <clears throat> when a youngling is um, like when they're when they're going to that next step to become a Padawan and not a youngling anymore, they go and they choose they they have to go and get a kyber crystal for their lightsaber. The kyber crystals are sentient. You know, it's basically a hive network of fucking living organisms contained within the crystals, you know, midichlorian shit. And okay. you don't pick the kyber crystal. The kyber crystal picks you. So whatever color lightsaber you get is based on the kyber crystal that chooses you. So if you go that route and say, well, Ray has an orange lightsaber now, or gold, I'm sorry. Uh that almost makes it and if that is the canonical way that they're doing it where the kyber crystal chooses you kind of like the the sorting hat or the wand in in Harry Potter you don't pick your wand the wand picks you kind of thing totally um, absolutely it makes sense then then i would say it's almost just a little bit of easter eggy type fan service to throw their throw it in the at the end because 
I mean, through the original trilogy, we saw blue, red, and green. That was it. Through the prequel trilogy, we saw blue, red, green, purple. We didn't really see anything other than that. All the additional lightsaber colors we've seen from... I, I Okay, I got to say this real quick. I hate calling it Legends material, and I will not okay, do sure. that from here on out. I'm gonna expanded call universe, it's, bro. it's fucking expanded universe, and just like why, why did we have to put a a new fucking title on something that's that has been fucking uh, established since like 1980? It's un it's unnecessary. We don't need to we don't need to reinvent the wheel on everything. But um, you know all the different lightsaber colors we've essentially only seen in the expanded universe material. Um, so I'm not sure. To, to finally get back to your quest, and I'm not sure because it just depends. Like, does that mean she went on a quest? She's still, I mean, how long? There there are literally so many unanswered questions, and to speak on that briefly before we, we do have a major announcement today, folks. We're, we're going to tease that really quickly. We're announcing the announcement right now mm-hmm. at this point in the show. Announception. Uh, <laughs> yeah, announception. Uh, so... <clears throat> It's it's like uh, I saw that one of the writers said they discussed making this two movies. Okay. Like they should have made Rise of Skywalker a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Would that have been the right decision, you think? I mean, like I, I personally think there's enough there, enough story that I think they left on the chopping room floor that honestly would have made the movie even fucking cooler. More exposition. It could have been a three-hour movie. I would have been totally cool with it. Three and a half hours even probably could have pushed it if you really want to go there, you know? But, like, if you're giving me dense story, give me fucking dense. Let me know all the good, juicy bits so I really am understanding. Let me see Rey after the fucking death of the Emperor get off Exegol and and what she does with the lightsabers and, and her decision to go back to Tatooine and find... Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's fucking place and what leads her to go there in the first place. Like, we don't ever ask that question. Like, how did she even know to go there? Mm-hmm. Less Luke's Force Ghost was like, hey, bitch, go check it out. Check out the old digs. <laughs> so, uh, I, I love the idea of splitting the movie into two. Uh, you know, let's, let's draw another parallel between Infinity War and Endgame. I think when you have... The Rise of Skywalker is the ending of an entire saga. It's not just a decade worth of movies like Marvel. Um, this is one continuing storyline, you know, all the way back from 1977 until now. You know, we're we're approaching 50 years of Star Wars. So, if I was going to do it, I'll just go through the things real quick that I would not change. Sure. The biggest thing that I would not change is the ending as far as Ray on Tatooine. I would leave that totally open-ended the way they did it. Don't cool. give us a bunch of information. Let us let us put the the stamp on the envelope the way that we want to do it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like Sure. Does does Ray uh not cut herself off from the force like Luke did, but does she, does she just build a life on Tatooine and then live out the rest of her days and the Jedi Order dies? Does Rey 
do what Luke did again and and start a Jedi temple and start instructing people on on the ways of the Force away from uh, like the center of of the galaxy and politics. You know that was one of the biggest failures of the the Jedi Order is they were too involved in politics, and it it made them blind to, to some of the things that you know Yoda and Mace Windu and Qui Gon and some of the more powerful dudes involved should have been aware of. Um, or, I mean, does she be? I mean, there there's so many different routes that you could take if. And I think that anything that they would film and write and put on the big screen <clears throat> as far as, like, here is the ending of this saga and here's all the loose threads of this character tied up in, up in a bow, I think no matter what way they did it, it would be wrong. So okay. I, I think... I it, mean, I kind of get what you're, There's too much expectation there. Yes. I think it's it's really pure and simplistic to... Just leave us on that on the on the on a high note, essentially, and then just let us work it out in our head how Ray's story continues or ends or, or or whatever variation of that. As far as things that I would change for sure, um, you know, we get that flashback sequence of Luke and Leia training. I would one thousand percent open the movie with a little bit of Luke and Leia training, Luke and Lando on the hunt for this this Jedi hunter. Uh yes. give us give us a little just sprinkle it. I mean like salt bay, just sprinkle it down your arm just a little bit. To Ooh, t- have them make a gre- a quick uh like 30 second stop in the movie on Navarro. Mm-hmm. They briefly talk to Grief Cargus and move on and it's just a subtle easter egg. Yeah. Yeah, do, do, you know, like, if you're going to do fan service, which, you know, this this trilogy has been vilified for, for the fan service that they have done, but if you want to do it right, it's very easy to weave a narrative when you you flash back in time and you see young Luke, you see young Lando, they're cruising around, they're checking stuff out, they go to this planet, and, and and it could be very very brief. It could be maybe a five five minutes of screen time, and it's like Luke and Lando parting ways on that planet, where, um, you know we we can't find him. He's gone. He's not here. But you but they but you don't know what they're looking for. And then you you use that as like, you know, for us who've seen the movie, it would be blatantly obvious foreshadowing. But then later on in the movie, you get that you end up on that planet, and there's a ship, and there's Lando, and then it all makes sense. Like, and you're like, oh, 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 my God, we're gonna figure it out. We're yep. gonna learn more about the mystery. It would be, it would breadcrumbs, bro. Yes, and and that's one of the the the. I I wouldn't say failures, but shortcomings of this film. And pretty much everybody and their brother has said it that you know there's there's too much all at once in the beginning. It's bam, bam, bam. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Oh, we're going somewhere else. And and I don't necessarily mind that, but it would be it it would give it would give all that jumping around validation if you had just that little bit of foreshadowing for it all to make sense. Like one thing 
that I would love is, you know, the opening sequence of, of Ben Solo on Mustafar hunting down the, the fucking Sith Wayfinder. Man, I want to see that. I want to see him fucking landing troops on the planet. I want to see him... Um, Screaming out orders. Yes. Uh, fucking going to the remnants of Darth Vader's fucking sanctum. On Mustafar, because you know, if he's on he Mustafar, did. he went there. Totally, he fucking walked around and looked yes. at everything. You know, at the at he, he, I mean, he combed through the rubble, and I'm, I'm sure there's not a whole lot left. But it's like they they set that up in a Force Awakens that that Ben Solo idolizes his grandfather so much. You know, and and now. That's validated because it was a thread or a, a seed that was planted in his mind by the emperor. So cool, I get that. I I, I really vibe that. I dig it. Um, but but to see a little bit, just a little bit more of that, and and I think, and I I won't go scene by scene or movie by movie, but like for this final movie, if you were to, it, it was almost three hours by itself. Split it into two. Give us some of the things that we missed just in five-minute increments. I think, you know, maybe four or five five-minute increments would 100% satisfy, and I'm not, no, don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying satisfy all fans, but for the fans that are like, man, we, we needed more, we deserved more. There were people that said the same thing about Endgame, that, yeah. You know, this is great, but but we need where more. Where the fuck is Nova? Yes, where where is where is this character? Where is this character? How did this planet? You know, it, it, the fucking list is super deep of shit that we would want, and we think that we deserve. But I think little five minute increments would be just the icing on the cake. And you know, uh, like another good example, you split the movie into two. You get to see the the remnants of the resistance after the Battle of Crate. You know, maybe them uh, reaching out to people, getting more people involved in the resistance. The spy network is one thing that I really would have liked to see more of. Um, you know, the the character, and I, I I cannot remember his name, but you know that the Falcon flies underneath. They toss him the thing. They communicate to Leia, and then later on in the film. They fucking carry that guy's head and throw it onto the table. Win the war. Yeah. Like You know that's Mark Hamill? Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a it's a flash cameo of Mark Hamill. Cool. Um As soon as I knew that, I was like, Oh, that's great. But like that that death carries no weight. It's never it's never referenced, it's never talked about. I don't even remember the character's name, so it obviously didn't mean anything. Like where Endgame and Infinity War did it better than almost any show, any movie ever was every death or loss carried weight. It had gravity. Hurt. It hurt. And and I'm saying I'm not saying a character like that, a one-off, never before seen, no backstory, blah 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 needs to 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 have that gravity, but it should mean something. I agree, man. Uh, and you know, you you actually brought up a good question. You talked about reaching out to the different systems to get fighters. We we 
wouldn't it have been cool to get like at least like a two or three minute shot of Chewie and Lando going different places with Leia's code being like, the princess is gone. Yes. Like it's over. It's this is it. This is our final stand. And if we don't stand, we're done. That would have been amazing. It would have been so powerful, especially then you don't you still don't know because the last movie, The Last Jedi, we know no one comes. Right. You know, so this movie, the question is, are they going to this time? So I just I, I, I think that this movie would have served better as a two parter. Now, you had mentioned a little bit about the ending. Do you know about the great controversy of the ending? Have you heard about all this? Uh, probably not because I have been, I haven't seen the sun in like four days. Yeah, you're a worky boy. I get it. I understand. Um, so apparently some fans out there have it in their mind. They photoshopped Ray in the final scene. Okay. And that if you look at a scene in the earlier part of the movie and you take that and you go overlay it with the final scene, her body position is 100% identical. Her clothes are 100% identical. And it almost kind of looks like they could have photoshopped a lightsaber she was holding in this previous scene out of her hand. Okay. So why would they do this? Well, the fan theory as it goes is, and let's see what you think about this, the original ending was with Ben and Ray surviving, and they ended and went to Tatooine together. 100% agree. Like, like no Sick. questions, no argument. Like, Ben Solo sacrificing himself for Ray was very beautiful. Um, I thought it was well written, but it didn't really make sense. So, like, Rey accomplished the task that she set out to do, just like Luke did with Vader. She brought, she, well, not necessarily she, because realistically it was Leia who brought Ben back to the light. But, like, they they did it together. Rey and Leia brought Ben home, essentially. So... To not, to not give him, I don't know, it, it's hard to say, it's hard to articulate because it's one of those things like with Game of Thrones where not every story has to have a happy fucking ending, bro. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like, I get it, okay? I, I get it. It, it. And Star Wars, historically, is not sunshine and rainbows either. Um, But I, I felt that, let's just agree here. And I, I think that you are one of the, the people that agrees with me here is Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, is the most interesting character in the current trilogy. I think he has to be by default. Every every decision, literally every decision in the in the series, in the trilogy, is because of him, based on him. His movements, his motions, his decisions, Emperor Palpatine weaseling him into Snoke and all these other things and all these other situations and so let and, me and let me propose something to you an <clears throat> ending change sure. okay sure <clears throat> Kylo gets shit platter fucking he gets yeeted down that fucking chasm right <laughs> and Ray fights the Emperor defeats the Emperor she dies. 
Luke's Force Ghost appears as Ben Solo is cradling Ray's lifeless corpse and says okay. she sacrificed herself for you. And now a thousand generations of Jedi look to you to what's next. And then you don't see Luke's Force Ghost again. You don't see Leia. Maybe you see Leia's Force Ghost because it would make sense with Ben. But then the redemption of Ben Solo and the sacrifice of Ray Palpatine are what inevitably saved the Jedi. And then you get the most important and interesting character in the franchise. They get their happy ending. And the Mary Sue that had that the only character development she had was that she was sad that she didn't know who she was and then she was sad that she found out who she was that's my hot take on it okay i like it i mean I, don't um, i mean don't you think that would that would be you know it would be more climactic it would be it would make more sense it would ha- it would carry more weight see right now i feel like you see you open a pandora's box asking me what I would have done with that scene because I like in the toy chest that you were pulling toys out of you saying force ghost Luke being there is very impactful because now the emperor has fallen. Exegol is essentially destroyed. Mm-hmm. All the Sith sympathizers have been evaporated or crushed to death by rocks. The force ghost of the po- most powerful Jedi that had last lived to a point is here now in the temple in the Sith temple very powerful moment. Ben is cradling Ray and would look to Luke and say, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And that's where Luke would say, you have a choice. You can give your life for her like she did you. Or take the path that you just mentioned, Tyler, and be the one, be the scion who unifies everything and do it totally different. Mm-hmm. And then that way the movie can be cruxed on, well, both decisions are good. Gotcha. Dig it. You know, per, per se, I mean, the outcomes are good. Luke, But Luke is giving him the choice of, like, where do you want to sit on the throne of all this, Kylo? Like, well, not Kylo. Don't <laughs> call him Kylo. Fuck. Ben, where do you want to sit on all this? And, and, it, and it really forces his character development to really blossom out there in front of everybody. Like, what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. Do you save her? Do you give your last breath? does Rey get the glory of defeating the Emperor and get to continue on the history of the Jedi? Or does someone who has true Jedi lineage, I mean, the blood of uh, Anakin and the blood of Luke and the blood of Leia run through him, you know? Right. Like, does that carry the future of, of, of this all on? So, um I don't know, man. Do you release the Snyder Cut? I, maybe. I, maybe not. I don't expect it because it's fucking Star Wars. But it's also Disney. They like money. So maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just... There are... The more, the more I talk about it and the more I think... Like, you, you put it perfectly when you said I opened the Pandora's box because... You know, in hindsight, like like you and I always do, and and most of our friend friend base uh, do, we watch a movie and it's like, man, 
we they could have done this better. They could have done this better. They could have done this better. And all the while, we still agree that that a movie is good, bad, or indifferent. You know, we don't we don't hinge the movie on being good or not. If they would have used ideas that we have in our mind at that moment, but like, I'm telling you, with this with with modern Star Wars, uh, you know. We always make the joke that they don't pay us to to write Star Wars or write Marvel, but they might want to going forward. Hey, I'd be in. I'd love that gig. I could write for Star Wars for days, bro. And I know you could too. Yeah. Like we would have a fucking field day. Yeah. So, um maybe we should do a Star Wars podcast and pitch it to s- Nobody fucking steal that idea. I'll cut you. <laughs> we'll do a Star Wars audio drama podcast. Mm. I'll still cut you, motherfuckers. We'll write it ourselves and do voice acting. It'll be fun. Anyways. Interesting, that Tyler. is. Tyler. Mm, interesting, that is. <laughs> Questions I might have later uh, for you. Indeed. Young Padawan. Anyways, so, uh, my dude, we have an announcement. We do. It's a big one. Map, map, map. Wanna, wanna. Uh... Do do you want to make that announcement? Or do you want me to announce the announcement, or how do we how do we want to well co-announce the announcement? Do we want to go every other word? We're like gonna we're gonna this? do this. We're gonna do this together. But I'm gonna give the backstory. Okay. Sure, please do. So your boy, the Pod God himself, that's me. My my kid just ran through the house, and now she's crying. Um, I like. Nerd culture, obviously. I'm doing a nerd culture podcast. I love it. Um, I like that I don't have to hide that I like nerd shit anymore, especially, you know, I'm almost a 30-year-old man, and it's acceptable that I uh, like that kind of stuff, you know? No, it's not acceptable, bro. It's cool. Yes, it's fucking cool, you know? <laughs> I mean, I play fucking Dungeons and & Dragons, and that's cool. Okay? Fuck, I'm jealous of that, man. So... I have I have like had it in my mind for a long time that like there's there's bucket list you and I have bucket list shows right like yeah Iron Maiden's a big one for me blah 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 you know we've we've talked about this a lot yeah <clears throat> I have always wanted to go to like San Diego or New York Comic Con I've done indie indie Comic Con a couple times and it was like really lame and it was basically a flea market and like i just wasn't i just wasn't vibing it didn't get the wow factor I, you anticipated i did not i did not get I, I did not get the con experience that that has been hyped up to me for like fucking almost a decade at this point cuz like i have friends that go out to like san diego comic con or like e3 or pax unplugged or any of that shit i have friends that hit those events like every year and I always get super jealous. And I was like, you know what? There's an event really close to us. I wonder, I wonder when this thing is. So I I searched it, and it's the last three days in February this year since we have an extra day in February. Score. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to drive to Chicago by myself. And I, I love my wife to death, but especially now that we have Ruby, like taking taking Skylar to conventions, especially with Ruby, is a lot. You know, she she gets overwhelmed, and it's like, then 
then I can't experience everything that I want to do. And that's not a negative thing. It's just like, I'm a dad. I, I, I have to be a dad, you know? You're on as dad. You have to be focused. And yep. like, kid is acting a fool or being unruly or fucking getting into some shit they can't. You can't be enjoying your shit. You got to be like, hey, knock that shit off. Right. And that takes away from your enjoyment. So I totally understand that. Yeah, that's, it's, it, would, it would be almost impossible to take a kid to a con. So I, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, man. Have you ever been to C2E2? Then I was like, hey, bro, I've been to like four C2E2. And I was like, you know, I'm I'm thinking about going. Would you want to go with me? Would you want to be my would you want to be my fucking like my 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 spirit guide through the fucking convention? Yes, I will be your C2E2 (laughs) shaman. We're going to go on a fucking walkabout. Dude, it's going to be an amazing, crazy weekend. I'm not going to sleep much. I'm really excited. Um, so Nate and I have you know, three-day passes to C2E2 coming up here next month. Um, I'm going to drive up for the weekend. We're going to have kick-ass time. We'll probably do too many podcasts in, in three days. You guys are playing a show, and I'm, I'm going to go to that, which will be kick-ass, right? Yeah, that's going to be crazy, bro. We're going to be playing in Elmhurst at this uh, place we've been to a couple times for interviews called Fit Spare Keys. We do this show called The Metal Experience. They're friends with, like, Nick Maxson and Doom Room crew and all that shit. So, like, it, it's pretty cool. They asked us to play for the lady who does The Metal Experience's 30th birthday party. Kick-ass. So we're all about that. I think we play first, which is really beneficial to everything else we have going on because that means we don't have to, no offense to anybody, we don't have to like stick around the entire night, you know, and wait to play last because that's always brutal. Like, I just want to go home and get a nap. Right. Uh, But Saturday, C2E2 fucking galore. We're going to hit it hard, hit it long. Same with Sunday, biggie time, biggie style. Uh, I'm going to be your C2E2 shaman. I will show you all of the ways and walk you through the place, give you experiences. Maybe we can run into some of my artistic friends that are on Artist Alley and bullshit it up with them a little bit. It's been far too long since I've been there. So yeah, actually, I think the last time I think the last time I did C2E2 was right when I started JIC, and I was totally uncertain of how to like talk about the network and po- or the podcast, as it were. Yeah. Well, I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited, um, you know, just to have like a like a bro weekend, essentially. You know, get to hang out, talk nerd shit, get to experience C2E2. Because every week I see more and more celebrities or like personalities that, I, that I'm really, really passionate about. Like, you know, big fans of and... Um, you know, I'm not going to stand, I, I obviously don't expect you to stand in a, in a line for fucking four hours to meet somebody, but there's a couple people that I might want to, um, you know, get a photo with or whatever. And then the one non-negotiable thing, and it's not even related to C2E2. Totally. But but old dad, your boy here, is craving some fucking good Chicago Italian beef, and I need some Italian beef in my belly. 
We'll go over to Al's. I'll take you to an Al's. We'll go to Al's Italian Beefs. It's the it's literally the just Google Al's Italian Beef, dude. You'll you'll know. Mm-hmm. That shit's legit. It's like a corner deli. It's for real. Kick ass. But yeah, so if um, if any of you listeners out there are gonna be attending C two E two either Friday Saturday, are, are we gonna try and go on Friday at all? We. Uh, just depending on when doors are, because I can't remember if they do a morning thing. Because if they do a morning thing, I would love to go for like four or five hours mm-hmm. at the opening ceremony and just kind of like putz around and get an idea of the lay, the lay, lay of the land. Mm-hmm. And then that way, Saturday and Sunday, we can really maximize our time. Yep. Uh, you know, because there's, there's not just going to be like, oh, Artist Alley, and then there's fucking a spot for people to fucking get their shit signed by these people. There's all kinds of like demo areas and mm-hmm. crazy fucking sword places and prop people that can fucking show you. There's like 3D model makers that can make a 3D print of your whole fucking person doing whatever fucking pose. Like it's fucking cool. And that was several years ago. They had this humongous wall that everybody signed when you know you go in. And you oh, that's kick whatever. ass. So like it was the whole wall. It was fucking crazy. So. Um, yeah, man, it was, uh, C2E2 is a really fun event. I'm looking forward to doing it this year, uh, especially with the plans we have. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I do encourage other folks who are in the Chicago area to do C2E2. It is a blast. Um, I was really, it can be overwhelming. I was really, really impressed at the cost of the ticket slash passes. They well, it's because you went early. Well, in, even even if I would have waited, they would have only went up ten dollars. So, but like week of, I'm pretty sure week of they go up to like it's like sixty dollars for Friday, seventy for Saturday, seventy mm-hmm. or fifty for Sunday. Yeah, but the three day passes only go up ten bucks. Oh yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Yep. So I I, I was really really impressed. Um, you know, cause I've looked at, I've been trying to go to Gen Con for years and it's like, I always have to work and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to fight to get a hotel room down there and I don't want to drive back every night. And it's like, man, we're doing it. We're going to C2E2 and I am fucking pumped. And bro, I mean, I'm just going to say this. We're going to a, a, a brave new world also. Mm-hmm. It's been if it's it's officially January 2020 and Illinois is now recreationally cannabis legal. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Nerding down. Smoking weed. <laughs> 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 Anyways. <coughs> Fuck. So yeah, man, I'm really jazzed. We've been holding off on this announcement for like months. Yeah, cuz we we originally started talking about it at what, like the end of September beginning of september maybe yeah unfortunately we did not get press passes no we tried and um our denial letter was was very professional and and i appreciated it you know um they let us down easy well because i i thought and and this is you know the pessimist side of me coming out but i thought it would be like Maybe midway through this month, we would get like some shitty fucking email that was like, "Like, why did you waste our time applying for these press passes?" You know, I I, I totally expected, um, you know, to get let down hard, and uh, I'm I'm really we're really fortunate that 
um, you know, they encouraged us to continue applying. Um, you know, it just felt good. It, it didn't feel like a rejection. It felt like, well, hey, try again next year, you know. We yeah, want you and, to. And I th- and I, yeah, and I think that honestly, if they see that we do it next year, they're going to be like, oh, these people are serious. They really want it. They're not fucking around, you know. Now that we've done our application once, we can like d- get in on it quickly this time. Yep. I mean, I, I did kind of wait a little bit longer than I probably should have, but uh, the nice thing is, is that uh, although we weren't picked this year because I think we are technically, according to them, too far away, even though I'm based here, uh, Indiana doesn't compute to Chicago. It's like foreign language. So... I think that next year we got a cool shot at it, but I'm really jazzed to just do it how we're going to do it this year, kind of um, guerrilla press style, as yeah. it were. Yep. Because we'll just take our fucking phones or whatever we can get and fucking put it in front of people and be like, here, we're going to talk to you for five minutes. Fucking give us an interview. Right. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Blaine's going to hear this podcast and be like, no, man, I'm going to get the Zoom and you're the, the Zoom and you're going to fucking bring all this shit and bring the batteries. And I'm be like, oh, my God, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I'm going to bring like I'm going to bring a cup of coffee and I'm going to wear pants and starting off strong and my cell phone. And um, I mean, that's really it. Depending on how I'm vibing, one of the days I might cosplay somebody. I don't know who yet, but Mm. one of the days I might. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to cosplay Baby Yoda and just fucking take a nap. (laughs) 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 Your boy needs a nap. Make the baby do the magic hand thing. Do the magic hand thing, baby. God, what a good fucking episode. Bro, we haven't talked about Mandalorian in two episodes now. I know. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. I understand. But, like, cliffhangery seventh episode, holy shit. And then the finale. What do you. Let's just. Please step upon your soapbox and riff out of your asshole all of your feelings about this finale of The Mandalorian, how this two parter ish went. Okay. Season seven, or it's not season seven, episode seven. Holy shit, we're uh, balls deep. <laughs> I'm going to give you the quick and dirty for, for episode seven, just because sure. episode seven was so much better of an episode than episode six. Okay. Um, and, and you and Buckles discussed episode six in my place, um, so I didn't, I don't really need to go over any of that again, but... I thought everything for episode seven was fantastic. The the montage scenes and the setup and it's and and the, the dialogue and, and and bringing characters back and and I I really really liked how episode seven focused on Quill and IG eleven. You know, basically basically taking um, the husk uh, of a destroyed machine and and giving that machine you know as close to life as it can have. And they, they foreshadowed that so much for this season finale that like Quill essentially poured his heart and soul into IG 11 because no one, no one is too far away from redemption. And just because you're, 
you're programmed one way doesn't mean you have to you have to do that and that's you know it's really really good foreshadowing for for the the season finale and the precedent that or or not necessarily the precedent but what has been the lead up to the season finale with you know uh, who we now know as Din Jaren or Din Jaren, which I think I I told the the show that like back at episode two I figured out what his yes, name you was. Did. Um, yes, you did correctly. But you know, he, just because he's a Mandalorian and he follows the Mandalorian code doesn't mean that he necessarily has to abide by that. You know to the to the letter and you know and the same thing goes with the bounty hunters guild like they have a code he broke that code for a reason and with with the death of quill hit me real fucking hard quill yes god because like the character like you know um fucking round of applause for nick nolte man just fucking killed it this um, might have been the overall this show might have the greatest cast of all time it's it's pretty close for sure um but nick nolte killed it as quill um you know the the scout troopers killed quill so uh quill's obviously gone but the just the the fucking the camera the shot of you know focusing in and the camera's panning around and then you see you see the communicator, which should all be familiar to us as Star Wars fans, and then, and then it pans forward a little more, and then you see fucking Quill, and it's like, no, man, he was gonna make it. Fucking IG Eleven was gonna come out and save the day. Um, really, really sad. Really fucking just crushing, uh, cliffhanger. And then we go into Episode Eight, and it's like, okay, the fucking gloves are off, and you better start swinging. And you get the the scout troopers fucking hitting Baby Yoda in the bag. Like, that, of course, made me want to Hulk smash my TV. Um, <laughs> Ruby and Scott, like, they hit, they hit fucking Baby Yoda. And Ruby goes, hey, don't hit Yoda. You know, like, it... Again, we watched the, the, the show as, as a family, which was really nice again. Um... I liked the, you know, like Jason Sudeikis. I, I really liked the the that scene of of them trying to shoot uh, a fucking rock on the ground or whatever it was. It um, actually looked like a a motivator. Yes. Yep. 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 Um. So you know, the opening of that, you know, they're backed into a corner. They're not getting out. They're they're trapped in the saloon. You know, let's go back to that western theme. Um, the outlaws or the hero is trapped in the saloon and, and they're going to burn it down while they're inside to flush them out. And, and, and just everything... I have I have talked with you and with everyone else and on the show about how episode three is, is the episode. Like, I didn't think they were going to top that at all this season. Um, and... Episode 8 did it, I mean, it did it for me hard because episode 3 took you through the emotional, um, like the emotional roller coaster of, oh no, he gave Baby Yoda away, oh, he he's going back, 
and like just how that episode plays out it was flawless and then you get to episode 8 and it's like you're getting you're getting the first half of the roller coaster that you got from episode 3 and then you're getting everything else you're getting you're getting self sacrifice and you're getting more backstory on on how Din Djarin and like his origins and Let's um, talk about that origin scene, bro. That dude. Death Watch music when they landed was amazing. That guitar, woody doody doody doody. Yes, like I never, I never would have thought that it was the Death Watch that saved him. You know, pre, no pun intended here, but pre, pre Vizla, um, Death Watch. It's like, man, it it all makes sense now. Like, God, and and the. But, like, Moff Gideon gets some more death. Like, he's this sadistic fucking, like, imperial just fucking, like... Fucker. Yeah, he's a fucker, you know? He's just... he's just <coughs> Excuse me. He's just murdering people for sport, essentially. And I also he, think he might be low-level Sith. Ah, see, I don't know, because he's got the Darksaber at the end of the show. Which means that he probably killed the Mandalore and took the Darksaber from them because the Mandalorians created the Darksaber to fight Jedi lightsabers. Okay. So, um, you know, we talked uh, three or four episodes ago about, you know, it's really nice to not see, you know, lightsabers and the Force, and, and, and obviously we get a little bit of the Force, obviously. Um but dude, when he fucking when Moff Gideon cut his way out of that Tie Fighter with the dark saber, I was fucking visibly moist. <laughs> like, yeah, I was too erect because there's like with everything that they've done with Clone Wars and Rebels and that timeline. If if Moff Gideon has the dark saber, like there's some shit going down. You know, are we with um? Uh, season seven or eight, whatever it is, of the Clone Wars getting ready to premiere, and then we're gonna get another. I saw this news yesterday or this morning. Uh, that season we're four g- Rebels. Yep, we're gonna get more Rebels, and it's like, you know, are we gonna get some some tie-ins between the Clone Wars Rebels and now the Mandalorian? I think that would be a really really smart play. I did not expect to see. Uh, Pedro Pascal's face in this season at all you know I, I you and I had talked a little bit in the first couple episodes that I I said we'll probably see his face in in the season finale um I, I didn't have I I didn't think even at all that that theory had any bearing it was just me riffing you know um and I think I even had like the weight of like uh you know you see you you see his face but it was, you know, Yoda or Baby Yoda being the reason that he shows his face. I was not expecting this route. Dude, when, when like, the whole, like, the just the whole, the sh- this episode was fucking perfect. In, in, in almost every way. The, the sequence of the flame trooper, like, what incredible fucking, like, visual effects and everything. And then the fucker just kicks the door, they blow the door down and baby yoda fucking says not today um like the whole theme of this episode was self sacrifice and 
fucking IG-11, man, wading through the lava to the point where he, he just couldn't go no more. Like, just all all the dialogue between between Din and uh, IG-11 was... I mean, it hits you in all the right places. It, it, it was... I, I really like that Reef Cargus uh, survived and... Uh, Cara Dune is joining the Bounty Hunters Guild. I thought that's that's really, really smart play. And it gives both of those characters longevity now in the series. Um, it's just... I mean, I, I, I'm going to say it probably 15 more times in the next couple minutes. That this, this, ep- this sh- episode... And I think I messaged you, uh, you and Buckles, after immediately after I watched it. That that is, that is probably, in my opinion, the best episode of television I have ever watched. You did, in fact, say that. It was just, it was fucking fantastic, man. Like, like he gets the jetpack, and it's like, okay, you know, she she warns him, like, ah, you should probably practice a little more since you haven't practiced since you were basically a teenager, you know? And he fucking puts that thing on, and he bosses it. This is my fucking jetpack. <clears throat> yeah, know? she tells him. She says the 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 rising phoenix will not listen to you until it is ready. Yeah, and he made it its his bitch. That moment, I'm not gonna lie. Like I'll tell you guys right here on the podcast, him getting that jetpack made me fucking ball my eyes out. I cried hard. It just hit me because it was just like so impactful. You see him as a little kid earlier in the episode. Oh yeah, with being saved by the Death Watch. They literally his life was saved because of a fucking jetpack, mm-hmm. and here it is the the tide is turned. He is from what he can tell from the covert the last Mandalorian aside from Armorer. Yeah, and she gives him this jetpack, and man, it just oh, full of fucking emotions got me. Ugh. Well, and and let's talk about that too. The fucking the sequence of the Armorer just murking those fucking stormtroopers, man, like. That was God. one of the greatest scenes in Star Wars history. God damn, that was badass. When she hit that one in like the jaw region with the fucking hammer and his fucking helmet just explodes, I was like, oh my God, yeah. he's so dead. Dude, and she caved, like she hit one of the stormtroopers square in the, in the, like the face shield and cru- like she pushed the outside of his helmet inside of his head. <laughs> yeah. His his outsides became insides. He's wearing his uh, the outside of his helmet on his insides, man. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it's freaking me out, man. Well, what the and, fuck? And just <coughs> and just like Reef and uh, Kara, you know the the armor. At least what we know right now is still alive. So, uh. Who's to say that we don't see more of that character moving forward? I would really like to, um, because I feel like, excuse me, I had the burps. A character who's that visually unique and obviously has has some weight. You know, she is she's almost like the matron of their covert. Um, Man, when she fucking when she put the mudhorn signet on his arm, yeah, that's that's what got me because it's like, okay, you didn't fucking earn your signet, so we're not giving it to you. And then it's like, you, you actually did earn you, your fucking, you fucking signet, bro. You, you, all of our family 
died for this little green fucking thing, but you still earned it. And, like, man, it, it, it got me. It really did. That's powerful. You are a clan of two now, and you're like, oh, God. The real question, let's talk about season two coming up. Okay. Do we see Yoda's planet? Uh, I don't think so. I think we go, I, I think what we're going to get in season two is a lot of jumping around like we did the middle episodes of this season, like going from planet to planet or maybe one to two episodes on, on a planet. Um, I would like to see, personally, I would like to see this season a little bit longer. Ten. Give us ten episodes. Or, or maybe even twelve. Give us twelve weeks. Ooh, yes. Give give us 12 weeks. You know, that's that's 3 months of television. Give us, you know, give us a little bit. <laughs> uh you gave us a lot with season 1. I get it. I love it. Not bitching about it. But just I, give us a little more, please. Da- Daddy just wants a little bit more. Just give me a taste of just a little bit more. Um I don't know. I I think it's going to be a lot of. Uh, I think season one was essentially all world be- world and plot building. I think season two is going to be where the plot mildly stagnates because now you don't have the bounty hunters guild after Din. You just have the Empire. So, are we going to get involvement from the Rebel Alliance? Are we get you know blah 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 blah. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just excited. Like, whoo! I'm excited. I bet I can make you more excited. <clears throat> Did you hear who put the 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 uh, the costume back on one more time recently? No. Oh, I'm so stoked to give you this. Oh, I'm so 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 stoked. So. Let's just say a specific someone decided to put the horns on again. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's rumor that we will get Darth Maul in Mandalorian Season 2. Fuck yes. Ray Park took a picture of himself in in fucking Darth Maul fucking shit. Face paint and all. A little bit older looking and more decrepit a little bit. Recently, and they're filming Season 2 right now. Mm. I mean, put two and two together, you know what I'm saying? Who was, um, man, what am I thinking of? Stand by. Sure, standing by. If you're looking for the actor who played Darth Maul, it was Ray Park. No, the one that played it, did, Ray Park didn't do Darth Maul in Solo, did he? No, he didn't. No, there there was another guy, and I saw, like, in addition to the article that you, um, <laughs> or the the tease that you just talked about, is the other guy is also apparently involved. Interesting. I'm trying to see if I can find this post. 
Also, someone says that it's possible that Boba Fett is coming to this season. Mm. Which could be huge. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty content with the lack of Boba Fett. Yeah, but it would be kind of interesting if he came back. And, like, his whole mission was, like, this motherfucker Din Djarin is kind of, like, without, you know, It was Ray Park, apparently. Oh! Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And you said the guy that played him in Solo was someone else? I thought... It, I, I, I must have misread the article. Maybe not. Let me just see. Nope, it's been Ray Park the whole time. He's always been. Yeah, I must have misread that article. But, interesting oh, to know. I, I know what it was. I know what it was. Sam Witwer voiced uh, Darth Maul in, um, like, uh, Rebels in the Clone Wars. Totally. That's what I'm thinking of. Speaking of Rebels, I just started it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm like nine episodes in. Ruby and I are watching Clone Wars. Nice. I don't think you need to watch Clone Wars in order to watch Rebels. Like, I don't think they're 100% tied in or anything. Um, but I'm really enjoying Rebels so far. What little I've watched, I really, really enjoyed. Um, but Ruby and I started watching Clone Wars because obviously it's got, like, Yoda and... Oh, yeah. You know, it. she digs it. Well, as any kid who, you know like Star Wars is Gunu, they're going to fucking love Yoda. He's like one of the greatest characters of all time. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Man, you know, uh, I had more. Oh, oh, I know. Also, uh, John Favreau released uh, some art for season two of Mandalorian. Did you hear about this? No. It's pretty, it's like little, but it's still going to be pretty exciting, but it's still little, so don't get super jazzed. Uh, they're bringing the Gamorrean guard race back. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he released a picture of the concept art of a not, he's, it's a Gamorrean who's not a guard, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. There's a lot of speculation that this is John Favreau's way of teasing that the, the huts are going to be involved in season two. That'd be dope. Oh, man. Sorry, my Facebook Messenger just got like 17 fucking attachments at the same time. Wow. Lovely. Gotta yeah. love Facebook interrupting the podcast. Yeah, because like when you guys, when you and Buckle send stuff or anyone else sends stuff in all the group chats that we have... I don't mm-hmm. get any of the attachments until like three or four days later. Damn, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. That's pretty frustrating. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. For some people are like, Tyler, why are you on Facebook while you're podcasting? It's how we talk through each other, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. Sometimes you just get interrupted. You don't even mean to. It's life. Yep, sorry. It's okay. Hey, dude, do you want to know something crazy? What's up? Next next time we podcast together next week, we're going to wrap up House of X, Powers of X. Yes. We're doing it. Yep. 
perfect opportunity. Sorry to anyone um, in our listener base that that was enjoying our uh, our our jaunt through the X Men uh, House of X Powers of X series. Just had a lot of shit come up at the wrong time. Totally, man. You nailed it. Okay. I will say that uh, I, I do think that I'm going to go through and get all the episode numbers together and get links for those mm-hmm. so that people could, if when you're getting the finale, if you didn't catch up or you missed one or something, you can go through and just fucking find them. You don't have to go searching through the network, which is perfect. more difficult than it needs to be. So but, I've uh, got a, I've got a big question for you, my man. Ooh, did you see the um, Funko Pop pre-orders for the Mandalorian? No, dude, you need to look at them. I'll I'll, I'll just I'll give you the quick and dirty here. Um, we've got Reef Cargus. We've okay, got Reef Cargus. Cool. Yep. The uh, heavy heavy infantry Mandalorian, which looks badass. Off-world Jawa, Incinerator Stormtrooper, Q90, which I'll definitely be. I I, I think this will be one of the first times that I buy a complete set. I'll get it. I one hundred percent will get every one of these. But Q90, you know, one of my favorite droids ever. Um. A covert Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, um, the armorer, the client, Mandalorian on Blurg, Death Watch Mandalorian, that's a GameStop exclusive, Mandalorian with uh, his flamethrower out, that's a Target exclusive, Trandoshan Thug. Uh, that's a Walgreens exclusive. Mandalorian Shit. with Beskar. That's an Amazon exclusive. Damn, dude. Okay, so the off-world jaw was pretty dope. Yeah. I think all Flame these are really dope. pretty dope. Yeah. The, they're also doing a 10-inch Baby Yoda, dude. Yeah, I saw that, too. You know what? You should go to uh, Second and Charles if you got one near you and pre-order it because you can just pre-order the the 10-inch guy. Also, I was at fucking Target the other day and they had 10-inch Dio's from Rise of Skywalker. Really? Yes, they were fucking cool. It was a 10-inch Funko Dio. Pretty nifty. That's pretty cool. I haven't seen many of the 10-inch ones. Um... The one that I saw most recently was the um, a fucking like ten or twelve inch Olaf from Frozen. Yeah, they've got a big ass Olaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest production pop they ever did was eighteen inch Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And that was like one of the earliest pops they ever released through the Disney program. Gotcha. Which is worth a pretty chunk of thousand dollars right now. Whoa. Yeah, bro. Some of those pops, dude, are insane. When I had the Shadow Trooper, like, I'll just cut this shit real on the podcast right here. I had the Shadow Trooper. I sold that motherfucker for two grand. Jesus. I bought him for fourteen ninety nine. 
But he was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive limited to 480 pieces. They only had 480 in the world, and I had one of them. Some dude wanted $2,000 a lot less than he wanted this pop. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah, right now, uh, just pulled it up on eBay. 1000 bucks on eBay. Woo! Whew. That's where Shadow Trooper is right now? Yep, 1000 bucks. I I sold right time then. Good on me. Oh, man. But anyways, man, I feel like it's good to finally catch up to you and catch up with you and nerd out about things and stuff. Indeed, I agree. I don't know if I have much left for this show, bro. Like, I, There's not like a ton of news or really anything that's like crazy important. You know, so, or like... So what's going on with uh with the 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 Hulk stuff with the Hulk stuff Yeah, apparently Blaine put that in the group chat today that apparently Marvel got the the uh full rights to Hulk and Namor back today. Have you seen Let me see about if that? this shit's true. No, I didn't see shit about that, but I'll go to the place, the source that will tell me whether this is some hogwash or some reality. Knowing where it comes from, probably Mr. 30%. It's hogwash. Let's see. Uh, I need to go to the Marvel section on this. Franchises. Motherfucker. Marvel. Let's see. These are some of the headlines from Marvel. Uh, Mar Marvel Studios rumored to regain full control of Hulk and Namor rights. That was from... Oh, I see it. Yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Let's click on the article and read it. Throughout the last few years, Marvel Studios and Walt Disney Company has steadily been reassembling their roster of superheroes, whether through lapse deals that brought Daredevil and Ghost Rider back into the fold or through the purchase of 20th Century Fox, which gave them control of the X-Men and Fantastic Four. But despite the Hulk appearing in Avengers films, there aren't any plans for the J-Giant to get a solo movie because the film rights have belonged to Universal Pictures. However, those plans might be changing if a new rumor about the Incredible Hulk's film rights is to be believed. As indicated by fan site MCU Cosmic, Universal Pictures' film rights to the Hulk and Namor might have finally reverted to Marvel Studios, meaning they wouldn't have to bend over backwards to work with the rival studio and distributor to make new movies featuring these characters. This might be why rumblings of Namor appearing in the Black Panther 2 movie has gained so much steam as well as why Marvel Studios is allowed to make a She-Hulk series on Disney+. Hulk has been one of the most popular characters in the MCU ever since Mark Ruffalo took over the role from Edward Norton. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, that's pretty much the, the gist of it, man. It, it seems like it's a rumor right now, but it does seem possible. That could be huge. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure if it's actually going to come to fruition. I feel like with Disney, though, of course it is. It's Disney. Right. Like, they're going to get all the rights to everybody back. I heard a rumor that I don't know if you saw, but apparently there is an audition tape that's been circling that teases a specific return of a character for WandaVision. Have you heard this? No. Allegedly, we're getting a younger return of Quicksilver. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And I also heard a rumor about uh, 
the uh, the WandaVision movie that was or the WandaVision show that's pretty interesting that is essentially the move or the show is going to be taking place as the five stages of grief for Wanda grieving vision. Mm, okay. So the first will be denial. She'll believe that he's alive, that they have a perfect life, they have kids, everything's cool. Then it'll be like, and then it'll just take you down the path. And at some point it'll break and she'll go to anger and the tone will change. But like the first part of the show is supposed to be black and white, like almost I love Lucy style and then evolve into a color crazy, you know, thing. Wow. Which is especially interesting when you consider there was no color in Vision's lifeless body at the end of Infinity War. Right. So, I'm stoked, man. I I need all these TV shows just to come out because right now, like, I'm waiting for Mandalorian Season 2. I'm waiting for The Witcher Season 2. So, like, I'm having to watch crap shows with Skylar on Netflix that I'm not really into. How was The Witcher, by the way? I am not really into that shit, and I know you've read the books. I know you like the games. I know that when I stayed with you and we did our last podcast after we saw Rise Skywalker, you would watch the first episode. Yep. So um, here, here's what it, it, it's totally dependent on. If you have played the games, you'll be confused. If you have read the books, you will know everything that is happening. Sure. If you have read the books and played the games, that means that you're really, really a fan of this of just the series and the characters. Sure. You will know you will know what the hell's going on, and you will not believe critics and uh, people who don't know what the fuck's going on shitting on the show, and you will continue to watch it and enjoy it. It suffers a lot in the. I'd say the first three quarters of the season because it is like four different timelines, but they're all contained within each episode. Ah, so it's a lot of jumping around kind of. It's a lot of jumping around, but you don't know you're in different timelines until after the fact or until the next episode or, you know, whatever, what have you. Okay. So it's a little bit hard to grasp and understand, but I, I strongly urge anyone, if you like fantasy, you'll like it. If you like uh, incredible fucking sword, fl- uh, sword play and action scenes, you'll like it. It's got fucking magic, bro, and critters. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Go ahead. You didn't say it from my perspective. What if you've never read the books, you've never played the games, you know nothing about this world? You Going okay. in naive. Yeah, sorry. You will be thoroughly confused... Okay. But they explain like they explain what a witcher is and they explain where sorcery comes from and they explain why sure. there's monsters in the world and they explain like the geopolitical climate where like all these kingdoms and how they interact with each other and how there's kingdoms of the north and then there's one kingdom of the south. They explain everything. You just have to pay attention, and most people so don't want to do that. So they give quality exposition. Yes. Good. Well, I think I'm gonna have to give this show a try. I mean, it's uh, you know, pretty much uh, free time. Like you said, there's not really shit coming out, so might as well, right? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, man. What else are we gonna watch? 
I, you know, usually I'd have something really fu- Frasier. You'll watch Frasier. Nope. Nope. Can't do it. Cannot watch oh, Frasier. I love, I nope. love, I am wounded. I like, I like Seinfeld and I like, okay. uh, that 70s show and I like Friends. Okay. Okay. I, I like, like s- go ahead. Listen, I like Seinfeld too. You named all the winners. I like 70s, that 70s show and Friends. I don't but now understa- that I'm a little bit older. I don't understand this big movement where everyone's like, Friends is a fucking shit show. How I Met Your Mother's way better. No, that's it's no, not. No, no, no right minded human would say that. It's a legit, it's a movement. It's stupid movement then that should end immediately right now. Hey, Tyler, we're ending this movement. Your movement's Thank fucking you. dumb. Thank it's you. over. It's, it's dead. Let the past die. How I Met Your Mother is not funny. It's not. Like, they're, they're okay. There's there's certain things that are funny, like Beercules. Beercules was pretty funny. But other than that, it's pretty dumb. Friends is wholesome, dude. Yeah. Come on, the one with the couch. Oh, man. All the Thanksgivings. Fucking smelly cat, man. Smelly cat. Ruby sings smelly cat. <clears throat> I mean... Friends is a shit, but the dude who did Friends did Frasier too. Right. And I think that when you get older, you'll like Frasier more and you'll understand it more. Because I didn't understand that shit, and now that I'm older, I understand that shit, and I'm like, oh, totally. I, <laughs> I can I can understand and pick up everything that's happening in this world. It's very very hilarious. Anyways, I'll give it a my try. brother. Is there anything else you would like to discuss on today's amazing podcast of goodness? No, I think. Uh... You know, I could probably talk for another four or five hours on fucking like the little the little idiosyncrasies of fucking episode eight of the Mandalorian, or on how I would change uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I, okay, I, I guess that's a good closing thought. Sure. After a second watch, I would say that my overall rating of the movie yes. went from went from like an 8.4 to like an 8. Okay, so a few little dings. Yeah, so it, it, it didn't really change hardly at all. Um you know, it's still obviously in the t- in the top the top percentage of movies that I enjoy just not I just don't fucking like Ray Finn or Poe, man. It ruins it for me. Damn. And that's I, all. Uh, I, I mean, that's what I got. You know, I, I upon second watch for me, because I also have had a chance to see it a second time. I think that my biggest gripe is that a lot of the exposition of the movie, a lot of the big moments, did end up hinging on like one liner. That if you missed it, you missed it. Oh yeah, the the one-liners, man. That was that that is probably my biggest complaint of the movie. It's not that there were one-liners, not that they were the same one-liners that were featured in every other Star Wars movie. It was that they were said every fucking fifteen seconds. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, it it was kind of obnoxious, especially like got a bad feeling about this. Hold on, yeah, but you know all that kind of stuff. But like, um. You know, my thing is like 
Dominic Mahogahan, uh, Ma- whatever his fucking name is, the guy from Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. he says cloning, dark magic, and other Sith secrets. That is literally the one singular line that lets you know for sure how Palpatine stayed alive. That's what right. they're giving you as the audience is that one line. And let me tell you something, bro. First watch, I didn't fully catch it, and I missed some of it. So when my second watch, I was like, oh, he's confirming it right there that that's exactly what happened. Not, mm-hmm. It's not like a maybe. He's telling you, like, Oh, well, they have all this the, the ability. Like, they've got cloning and dark magic and fucking other Sith tech, like, or, you know, Sith techniques or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they just, they cut it too short, man. It kind of suffered from the Batman versus Superman thing where, again, one line, you miss it. If it's not in your ear hole, you get confused about what the plan is, you know? You got it. So, all right, bro. Well, I think let's get ourselves out of here before we get too further wrapped up. We're trying to keep it on time frame so you can be a good old dad. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode of JIC. You guys can check us out right here on journeyintocomics.com, on the Journey Into Comics Network. Get us on iTunes, Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Podbean, CastBox, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, Spotify, <laughs> Podbean, and many others. <laughs> I realized I fucking said one twice, so I said, fuck it. I'll just say it like three times, so it's super obvious that I made a mistake. Mm. Um, also, patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Uh, we're going to be updating that site as well soon and doing some cool new stuff. And actually had a really bright uh, candle over my head moment or light bulb over my head moment uh, earlier about how to revise our website even better. So anyways, folks. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode. Tyler, anything to add before we officially close and adjourn this meeting? Nope, I'm good. All right. All right, folks. Well, for Journey into Comics 277, the C2E2 Shaman, I've been Nate. I've been Tyler. And as always, pop your caps back, fly your fucking X-Wing to Exegol, and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. See ya.